today at the Gamers for Life podcast. We're going to be talking about the fantasy card update for who is in the ranks running here uh, for our fantasy draft, fantasy game draft, uh, the state of play that just happened with Sony and how we feel about it. Last of Us episode six review uh, and Konami potentially having some big announcements during E3. All coming up here at the Gamers for Life podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Gamers for Life podcast, where each and every Friday slash Saturday discussing all things games. I'm one of your hosts, Darrell. With me is my co-host, Arthur Thomas. What is up, man? Not much. It's Friday. I uh, hopefully lost some weight this week after shoveling snow a few times because of a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a lot of that's a lot of a lot of snow. It sounds like as far as you know, getting some cardio in. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And, of course, we got my man Church in the building here. What's going on, man? Uh, nothing much, man. You know, you may have snow off the, but we have the rain. Okay. That's right. We're slipping and sliding over here in Cali. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I don't, dude, can California even spell hydroplane? Bro, bro it don't matter. <laughs> I, it's it's rough out here on these streets. So. Rooftops are flying off. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right, our convertibles no longer work. <laughs> Dude, Church, uh, I've, I've never owned a car license in my life. I've educated multiple people in my life about, about hydroplaning. They're like, wait, what? I'm like, how do you not know about this? And this also, why am I in your car? <laughs> there's way too people. There's way too many people that shouldn't have a license. I'll say that. <laughs> I was I was educating my coworker about hydroplaning on our way to uh to a work meeting while we're driving, and I'm like, oh yeah, stay in the lane and the treads behind the car. You know, stay in the treads of from the car in front of you. Why? What? What do you mean why? <laughs> like, cool. Let me just yeah. Let me just me. I've never got a license. Educate you how to not die in the rain <laughs> yeah it's like you don't have to go 60 <laughs> in a 30 you know it's like what the fuck <laughs> oh man well if you are watching this hello be sure to like subscribe here on our channel youtube channel for the games for life podcast if you prefer to listen to these episodes you can also uh, be more than welcome to subscribe or follow on the application of your choice be sure to uh, do that. Author does our streams for the Gamers for Life as well uh, on the YouTube as well. So be sure again to subscribe to our channel. And if you want to check out anything else, say uh, say some of our old school episodes, audio episodes, or videos. You can check everything out by going to linktree.com forward slash Gamers for Life. The number four life is our one stop shop link to all of those things. And uh, here at the Gamers for Life podcast, we read the news while you can watch or listen the way you choose by clicking on the links of the time code within the description of the episode so you know what's going on uh and you can just listen to or watch what you want specifically or you can just hang out with us here at the gamers for life podcast and uh speaking of some things going on i have an update for from our fantasy draft uh for the gamers for life it's our first one here for the show and uh some things are happening so previously uh arthur was uh, off to a good start uh with uh with um you know with uh some with leading the way uh, but, uh, but that the reins has been taken by church <laughs> himself with octopath traveler uh it has an open critic score of 86 meaning he has 16 points there and then like a dragon ishin uh it's leaning around 80 and on open critic uh so right now he's leading the way with 26 points and he has Des destiny life falls out next week as well so 
it's crazy. It's crazy. He's 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 uh he's coming up pretty quickly. Arthur, uh, at eighteen points. Tom McHart, which we'll talk about later in the show. Uh, it's got a seventy four. Uh, so you got four points there. And Hogwarts Legacy staying strong at fourteen points. Eighteen points there. Uh, I got the good old zero because my f- awesome games aren't yet. But how does it feel, Church, to be leading the way when Arthur was leading the first two weeks? Well. <laughs> I like to thank God. Got the DJ Khaled swag going on. Yeah, no, no. Yo, when God did. God did. <laughs> exactly. Um, I like to thank God for keeping the seat warm. <laughs> uh, no, man, it feels good. I mean, um, Arthur had a good lead with Hogwarts. Surprising lead with Hogwarts. Surprisingly good lead. I'm. Hey, I'm so happy. Hey, yeah. you take the reins. You've earned it. I'm just sitting. I'm just sitting here, like, man, he might be injured, but Brock Purdy, you're a pretty cool guy, Hogwarts. <laughs> um, it feels good, man. And I think Lightfall. I think I'm in a good, you know, I'm gonna go. Lightfall is gonna be good too. In the next couple games, I, I think I might pull this off, man. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a good, definitely a good call. Choosing an expansion part of your fantasy uh fantasy card like i didn't even think of that i know obviously arthur you have cyberpunk phantom liberty but i didn't uh and choose anything for mine but we'll see we'll see what happens here but congrats to both of you guys getting some points on the board looking forward to uh sons of the forest which should be uh i want to say it should be out next week if i'm not mistaken but uh i guess it's the most played game on steam past hogwarts uh right now so people i guess are excited for that but hey, hogwarts 12 million in sales who to thunk it yeah. <laughs> hey, look here. Who, who that? Not me. Not us. I know, bro. I Not I. Harry Potter. Are we adding more games to Fantasy Critics? Because we have the bid feature, by the way. Yes. So okay. I think, if I'm not mistaken, once there are some new games coming out, then we can start bidding on them. And I think that's how we fill up the rest of our regular card. Um, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. So that will be interesting. We'll see what happens. And uh, speaking of games, you know, that we can potentially look to bid on or whatnot, uh, for the start of the show, uh, the PlayStation State of Play uh, did debut uh, earlier this week. Um, let me first throw it to church just to get your thoughts on uh, the State of Play, man. How do you think they did? I mean, overall, um, kind of disappointed. Just, um, I mean, I guess they... The premise was this is a third party, you know, state of play, and we're going to do PSVR too. Um, and I think they did pretty brought the stuff that you were interested, and they really tried to sell you on PSVR too. I don't know your format if you want to just go down the list, um, but overall, I, yeah, it, it was say just, of, yeah, just just overall things, you know, mid. we ought to we ought to hit every game, yeah, yeah, man, um, yeah, I, just, <laughs> I thought it was mid, right? Um, the PSVR too was like, dang, man, like. Another game coming to PS, PSVR 2 is like it was on PSVR 1 or the Oculus. So it, it still has my same thoughts. I think Capcom Presence was pretty good. I was excited for that. And I guess the big takeaway from the show was Suicide Squad. And and right. this is why I'm going to spend my thoughts on it because it's all my fantasy pick. There right? you go. There you go. The that, was the one that, I said, that was the one that I said, fuck you, it ain't coming out this year. So yeah. <laughs> So we got to talk about it. I saw a counter pick. I saw a counter pick. I'm like, oh, that wasn't me. Okay, that was Joe. That was yeah, me. And he's probably happy right now. I'm staying strong. I'm staying <laughs> <laughs> well, what are your thoughts? Um, 
my thoughts is I'm going to buy the game. Every game I have on my fantasy critic leg is something I'm going to spend money on. I'm still buy the game. It is, however, not the game I wanted. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, it's, it's a looter shooter at the end of it. That's what they showed. It's, it's a looter shooter with a DC skin on it. Inherently, that's not bad. Um, I'm attracted to those type of games. It's very colorful. The, the traverse and the gameplay, the movement looks fun. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's fun to play. The shooting seems to be not as impactful as I want it to be. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, I just, this seems like Avengers Part 2, you know, <laughs> Anthem. Yeah. Like, uh, um, I think the overall takeaway is this is a digital buy for me because they confirmed that this game does not work offline. Like, right. one of the live service is a live service game. So I'm like, yo, digital purchase because as soon as they shut everything down, like, the disc is going to be worthless. Right. So might as well just buy it right this way. Um, and I'm just hoping that the package we get is a complete experience of a story. And if we get bonus missions at the end or additional characters, it's just icing on the cake. Um, I don't have faith in the later part of the game series, just because of what I've seen with Anthem, Marvel's Avengers, the support afterwards has just always been terrible. I really can't think of a successful one after Destiny 2. And that started off mm. on a bad note. Like... I don't know if this gaming model works in a way where players are happy with the product. You know, the companies may be happy with the wallets, but I don't know if the product for the game is ever, what is a successful one? I, I can't tell you outside of Destiny. Um, and that's, you know, that's a golden egg, I guess so. Um, but it looks good. I like the Keld animations. It looks, it looks beautiful. I think it has that rock solid quality in terms of like, you know, the cutscenes and the graphics. Let's see if the gameplay holds that because, like, Arkham Knight is very in depth. I played that game this far. It's like the, the details I went into it. I'm expecting something very similar with Suicide Squad. Um, I, I just hope they deliver on that front. Um, my last uh, thoughts on it would be um, what was it? Uh, it, it escapes me. I'm kind of, kind of curious about like the additional characters they're going to add into it, man. Yeah. Um, but I'm worried because the internet is toasting it. They're flaming it up. They don't. They, they don't want the battle pass. They don't want the score. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want it either, man. Like, <laughs> but I need to win, so I I need this to be like the best version. Like how Overwatch had like the best version of loot boxes. Mm. <laughs> I need this to be the best version of a, a looter shooter. You know, and maybe that's a hot take, but I think Overwatch had the best version of loot boxes. But mm. okay. Like what about you, uh, Arthur? What are your thoughts on the state of play? Give it to uh, me. From the outside looking in, as a guy, as in, as somebody who doesn't who doesn't want a Sony console, and, and I'm half interested in a VR two. I I liked it in terms of a pass fail gets a pass. Um, if I had to do a grade, um, C plus B minus asterisk because because one of the things I was going to say that I liked coming off our last conversation was a lot of the PSVR two games. However, because I don't have my ear to the ground as much with the VR two stuff. I did not know until Church said that a lot of the games debuted are just ports from the from the VR one to the VR two, and again, this being Sony, Sony does not have to do upgrades. How much will it cost? Is it, again, do, do people have to pay for the game twice? Is it a director's cut? <laughs> you know, what I mean? um, uh, of course, the director's cut quotations me being a knock at Death Stranding, where you know the famous 
director's cut. Kojima saying, yeah, there's nothing new about this game. Why are they calling it director's cut? I'm the director. It's not director's cut. Um, right. But um, so that was one thing, again, unknowingly, I liked about the VR2 stuff. I didn't know a lot of that was from the part. Um, I, again, overall, I liked it. One of the things for me that I thought was, I thought was interesting was, was Baldur's Gate. So for people that don't, don't remember about Baldur's Gate, this game's been out there for a while. Remember, the early access, like, alpha, beta thing, whatever version it was, I forget. I didn't play it. That was in 2020. That was two years ago. Now, at launch, or, like, at early access, it was buggy, and a lot of people were not a fan of it. it but same time, they're saying game, like, it was weird because I was hearing people trash it, for the things they don't like, but then people praising it for the things they love. I mean, I heard like people saying this is unplayable to this is potentially, potentially one of the best RPGs in years. So I still, I fixed a lot of the problems. Yeah. And that's the thing. Cause that's my thing. Cause, cause now I'm, cause now, you know, with, you know, battlefield and the other AAA games, when I hear alpha or beta a month before launch, I'm like, Oh, you're just giving us a demo and you're calling it a beta. That's a demo. You're not going to fix this four weeks before launch. But that was back in 2020. So it sounds like a lot of this stuff is being fixed. I liked it. Um, my short version thoughts on Suicide Squad, and I'll go more into it. I'm on the fence. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm going to like, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to get it because Arkham City to me is one of the best, like, top 10 games ever made. Arkham, and Arkham is amazing. On Arkham Asylum's right there with it. Arkham Asylum is right there with it. Yeah. They, that was one of the few Solid. sequels. Where they, that was one of the few sequels where they took what you love and just gave me more of it. I love the map of Asylum. I love the lore of it. That's one of the few times where I love to read all the pickups, all the find memes, all the collectibles. And Arkham City just, just boom, multiplied it. I never played Knight. I will say, I will say, here's my joke with Arthur Knight, Arkham Knight, Joel. You and I were both there during GameStop. Um, do you think they're going to have a quote unquote original DC character never made before? <laughs> <laughs> um, I still forget they actually got sued because I, I remember the, the literally Game Informer Game Informer issue where they saying a never mo- a never an original never before seen DC character will be in Arkham Knight. Spoiler: It's Red Hood. <laughs> so uh, I forget right. if that lost you heading the attraction. I am on the fence about this. Because at face value has all the ticks I like. Cooperative, um, XP, sort of classes in the sense the character differences. But my thing is, I'm not sure if I want that in the Arkhamverse. Because Arkham, I didn't play Arkham Knight. Arkham City was such its own thing. It It was just like a really good single player. There were gear, but it wasn't like loot. There was, you know, experience, but it really wasn't like classes. And they just nailed the way they did it. So the fact they're straying so far from what we've come to know and love, it's church absolutely has a point of looter shooters have a big problem of sticking to late game. Victor and I loved the division two until late game. Um, the division two for me is a great looter shooter cooperative class based game. We loved it until they had a new big baddie villain 2.0 come in and we thought they were going to expand the map because the map is like all fog fog of war grayed out turns out no woof the, the, every base you cleared every every area you cleared out 
boom, now it gets taken over, do it all again. And now it's harder. We stopped playing. We're like, we, I was like, I, I was immediately Victor and I were on the same level. We're like, I don't want to do this again. Because that's exactly what it was. Every outpost just got retaken over by new enemies. Um, Anthem couldn't do it. Um, Outriders, I praised Outriders. I liked Outriders. One of the few Game Pass games. If you one of the few Game Pass games, I definitely bought because I loved it. Again, no, I am in the category. I did like a lot more than other people. Still had a problem with late game. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Destiny. However, no, it's popular. We'll get more into that. So again, that being said, <laughs> for me, when I saw like that jumping, shooting, dashing vibe, I got Fortnite vibes. I was like, oh, are they building? We're just jumping down. We're just jumping, shooting to the side. It just, it just felt like. Again, a thing that I'm, I'm not saying will be bad. I'm just still nervous of whether I want that in the Arkhamverse. Because they confirmed it. This is in the Arkhamverse. This is five years after Arkham Knight. So that's my concern. If all these boxes I normally love to tick, I don't know if I like them being ticked in the same category, in the same verse as Arkham City. Let me jump right back in here real quick. And to the concern is because the rumor was that they were making a Superman game. Yeah. Right? And this game takes place in Metropolis. So then there was a shift to Suicide Squad. So how much of this game is really completed? Two, you're pointing the division or maybe even Anthem. Like the, the dream is really cool. Like, yo, if it, the game is really fun and it continues and I love the IP attached to it, the DC characters, that's awesome. Keep it going. But like, how often are we repeating the same missions in the game? You know, what is the final boss? What is the end game? Is the loot that we attain to like kick ass in the game a ridiculous grind to get? Is it fail? And then like, what is the post? It, there's so many questions when it comes to this that like, yeah, the gameplay, it, it looks fun. I, I can see it, it looks fun, but like it's when you finally get into the game, it's like, yo, how much of a grind is this really going to be? And is it rewarding after after a point? And there's enough variations to it. Um, I, I I'm concerned. Like I, I just yeah. don't have the answers to that, you know, because it's yeah. just all like basically it's like Marvel's Avengers, like the enemy type in that game are robots, and this is Brainiac. These are robots with some type of mutations, but like we'll, we'll see what happens. There's yeah. a helicopter. Shoot the purple dot. There's a guy. Shoot the purple dot. There's a tank. Shoot yeah. the purple dot. There's a dog. Shoot the purple dot. Um, <laughs> my last thing, Joe, before before I pass on to you is mm -hmm. uh, earlier, Church, you talked about how impactful the shooting is. Preston and I immediately jumped on that first gameplay trailer for Arkham Knights of how unimpactful Red Hood's guns looked. Because if you want to talk about impact, I still argue some of them what felt like immersive and impactful combat is the Arkham series Wait, like what are you talking about Gotham Knight or Arkham Knight because Red Hood and Arkham Knight no no sorry uh, uh um the cooperative one Gotham Knights Gotham Knight okay and because okay. Preston Knight because when they first debuted the gameplay trailer for Gotham Knights that was one of the first things both Preston and I noticed was how unimpactful um Red Hood's guns are it's like he's shooting like it, you know in the in the game in the lore he's shooting rubber bullets but I'm like okay yeah. but you, you have to make it feel like he's only shooting rubber bullets um whereas again in terms of like immersive impactful impactful combat um Arkham City I, and I never played but Arkham City the Arkham games is a champion of that we all know once you get to once you get your combat to a certain level and your punches start dealing double damage you feel it the enemies fly back more the timing's there I didn't really feel that from this. It felt like just shoot till they die, like bullet sponging till they die. Um, so again, I, again, it's things I might give a pass elsewhere. I don't know if a lot of people, including me, are going to give a pass here. My bad, Joe. Yeah. 
especially Gerard, last point sorry especially at the 70 dollars <laughs> sorry price tag Gerard, go ahead go ahead that's a <laughs> oh no worries no worries no no you guys you guys are cooking no um so i'm gonna work my way backwards just so we're just so we're, yep. we're on arkham yep. night and i'll work my way backwards okay. so yeah watch watching when it comes to the suicide squad because i i you know i i had i was able to play all three games you know from arkham uh asylum city and night uh, a lot of my uh, concerns, I, I kind of share the same concerns with you guys. One of the things that made Arkham Knight, I think, not the worst of the three, but definitely had a damper on it, is that during the gameplay, I feel like the, the team kind of got lazy with a lot of the things you do in the game. So, like, with Arkham City, you had a bunch of different, like, bad guys lined up, you know, like, for example, like the the Mr. Freeze uh, level in Arkham City is incredible. You know, the, the, the boss battles with, like, Killer Croc was amazing. The fight with uh, Clayface and all that stuff from the previous game, just really good stuff. And then also, obviously, fighting the bad guys and whatnot. But from Arkham Knight, a lot of the issues, or one of the big issues for me was there was a lot of filler filler assignments versus like really well thought out uh really well thought out uh different things for you to play as batman so like one of the biggest things was the the, the tank battles there's like a numerous amount of ridiculous tank battles in arkham knight it's just literally busy work it kind of has nothing to do with the story of the game it's just oh there are these tanks around arc around uh, gotham city take out the tanks so when i saw tanks in suicide squad in that trailer i kind of got ptsd i'm like oh my god there's tanks no, no please no they're not doing tanks again so um i do agree as far as for some of the jankiness as far as like for the gunplay because when i saw the swinging i was like oh, okay if there's, if there's some swing in the game like i'm familiar with that from like arkham knight but then when i saw like the third person view like gun thing i was like okay that looks kind of janky to me i don't know how smooth of experience that's gonna be um yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm one. I'm I'm worried about how thought out these boss battles and these different things in the game for for players to go through. How well thought out it is because I feel like that was one of the strongest points for the Arkham series. Uh, so for Suicide Squad, I'm not. I do like that it's within the same universe as like of the Arkham series because I guess it's supposed to be three years after Arkham Knight. Five. But it's a five. Okay, five years after Arkham Knight but i I'm, I'm hoping i'm curious how that story is going to play out but as far as like when it comes to like the battle pass shit and all that stuff like it could kill the game you know so i kind of so i'm like okay we'll see oh and the to me the game isn't coming out in may <laughs> i call i call bullshit i think the game's gonna be pushed back to september may possibly be pushed back to 2024 <laughs> I know it says I know it says May twenty sixth. <laughs> if it does come out May twenty sixth, that's great because that's three days after my birthday. But it's people not coming out May twenty sixth. People are like, we saw we saw gameplay. Yeah, been there, done that. Been yeah. there, done that, my guy. I just <laughs> I just don't believe it. I just don't, I just I just wow. think it's going to be pushed back to a degree. But um, striking backwards, I want to talk about uh, some of the things that struck that struck out to me. Uh, Street Fighter six. I think it does look pretty good. Um, you know, well, and I was just on my fancy card, so I wanted to do well. Were those two new Kaudos in the trail? I believe so, because I've never seen them before. No, only one. Was only one? one was new. Was one new? Okay. No, here's the thing, real quick. One was a new character. The other was um, Cammy, uh, which was a, with a different, just a different look. 
instead of that sleek, supposedly controversial green unitard, now she has like a not super revealing th- thong. <laughs> so Arthur wants to see more ass on Kim. <laughs> I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm just saying there's multiple there's there's multiple you know there's multiple like I follow multiple cosplayers and sometimes every time that that co- that character's cosplay comes up there's reasons why I can't open up uh, there's a reason why I can't open up Instagram in public anymore. I'm like oh it's, it's a cosplayer. I swear I swear it's a cosplayer. <laughs> um well I like the new character. Is the new character Lily? Is that yeah. the one? Lily yeah. she's cool. I like her. Yeah, um, I took notes. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it's gonna do well, especially like if they have any like Evo. I'm sure they have like an Evo tournament or something this year. So, uh, I know Sony owns that technically. So I think that'll be a win for Street Fighter for them to have Street Fighter. Uh, I think when it comes to they now the funny thing is that Mortal Kombat 12 they did announce that it's coming out this year. So I think for players like me, where they can kind of dip between the two, you know, that might potentially be a little bit of a damper. Um, as far as people maybe going to more combat versus going to Street Fighter, but I think a lot you're gonna have a lot of players playing both, and then obviously the fo- those folks that are hardcore Street Fighter fans, you know, I think it'll be fine as far as for the game. So, um, but yeah, overall the game is looking good. I know there's a lot of like just kind of like things making fun of like the logo because it was like it was basically like a, a template of fucking Adobe. Uh- <laughs> it was it was, a, it was the basic you know Adobe oh. font. I ain't gonna let you slide because you got that on your fantasy critic, man. In <laughs> Street Fighter Six, I think. Do you? How do you think the single player would be in Street Fighter? Because I think that's what's gonna drop the score, and I think I'm gonna counter pitch Street Fighter Six against you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you already counter picked Armor Core. Because <laughs> here's my justification, man. I think the single player campaign component is gonna drop it because. Do we expect the single player experience in Street Fighter 6 to be better than what Mortal Kombat 9, 10, and 11 has done? That's the golden standard when it comes to these fighting games. Like, yeah. in terms of storytelling. Like, what do we expect from that open world go to this dojo and fight somebody? Like, do we expect that experience to be better than Mortal Kombat? Like, what? I. Th- I think you have a point. However, my consensus has been is that a lot of hardcore Street Fighter fans, they don't really care about the single player and they know that Mortal Kombat single player is better, but the the actual, you know, like the standard fighting with Street Fighter, that's what people care about. So I don't know if that's going to impact the score necessarily, if the fighting is good. Obviously, the fighting mechanics are trash. Then right. everything's fucked, right? God, God forbid that <laughs> not, you have not, to play the every... single. God forbid you have to play the single player experience to unlock Kaldo. Oh, <laughs> dude! If you have to, if you have to, that's beat, very true. They the should game, have that. <laughs> yeah. God forbid. God forbid. Yes, exactly. Uh, no, that's I'll a really just good say, point. If you have to be, if you have to beat the game to unlock like the Fortnite model of Chung Li in Street Fighter Six, don't mess a dime in that game. <laughs> Arthur got a platinum and he has an Xbox. I don't understand it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm just saying. There's one thing that Street Fighter will never let you down, and that's called character models. I appreciate them sticking to their roots. That's all. <laughs> yeah, but no, that is a good point as far as like how well is a single player like, and yeah, and as far as just 
you know, because that the, the, could very well be a, a damper, especially if you are unlocked in character. So that's that's a great point. Yeah. Oh, you could pay thirty dollars to unlock everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Which people do, even though like I'm like I'm a hardcore gamer. Like I'm like against that. I'm like, no, you have to earn everything you play and you earn it. But yeah, people are like don't give a fuck anymore. It's like thirty bucks think, got you. I think ten to fifteen dollars for a character. I don't, I don't know the price. I'm willing to pay more for an additional character in a fighting game because it is very impactful for the overall experience. It's just, I think it's yeah. worth more of the money. But that's just me. So yeah, I miss Injustice. By the way, I would love to see an Injustice game. No one. Um, <laughs> Injustice is fucking. Bomb. There's. Right. I'm gonna chime in with they're absolutely 100 percent gonna have first sale characters. Like there's not a fighting game right oh, now yeah. that I can think of. I mean, like when the new smash has like viable characters i'm like smash nintendo i mean okay i mean we gotta buy the prana plant oh, okay <laughs> i mean yeah so bush bush but with um the prana plant was free i don't know what you're talking about okay well <laughs> sorry the other one Got him. <laughs> <laughs> thank you but but i do but i know there's our smash characters you to buy now yeah, so right. yeah yeah um i well, i actually kind of forgot it was open world and that being said I mean, we got we got gameplay of a fight. What's the open world gonna look like? We didn't get showed that. They've showed it. They've showed it. It's you create your own character. You have this little uh, Tokyo area that you explore, and then you um, just go around doing fights in the middle of the street. And it's, it looks kind of cool, but I'm like, I wonder how much they're gonna expand upon it. Yeah. Uh, and then you have a hub world, which is your main menu. So you log into your hub world. And you sit down and like, is it arcade sticks, Jarrell, that you sit down? I think so. Yeah, it's. A, yeah. I mean, that's kind of neat. You know, it's kind of like that's cool. DBC Fighters, they have a similar thing going on. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, oh, go ahead. I was say one last thing with Street Fighter Six because remember, it's devote Street Fighter Six fans with an asterisk. Sony, devote Street Fighter characters because it's a console. It's a. It's a. It's an exclusive. If it's a Sony, it's a Sony exclusive. Or if they're if it or put or or. If it, it's it's if it's for other consoles, it did not list at the bottom. I even noted that it did not say Xbox One at the bottom. I'm pretty sure it's if it's if anything, it might be timed, but I don't think it's a Sony exclusive exclusive. Because that was my that was one thing I was curious about. Because at the last you know because you know the last frame when it was like yeah when there's like the platforms right because you yeah. know when there's like you know the movie equivalent of PG thirteen you see all the little small writing stuff yeah. you know for the game it shows at the bottom all the consoles coming out for it. It only said PS4 and PS5. Yeah, I think it's just timed. I, I would imagine because, like, even um, most of the prior Street Fighter games were on Xbox as well. But usually, lot, Sony tends to have a leg up. I don't think the last one was there. Because like Street Fighter versus Street Tekken Fighter was on five. there. Street Fighter four, was, I think was four was and was Street four on Xbox. Was, no, no, five was exclusive. Uh, yeah, five. Because uh, I tell because five was exclusive. That, that one, no. yeah. And this one's for all consoles. I mean, okay. So it might be, I, I, it might be a time thing. But like I said, I just remember the last card. PS4, yeah. PS5. Yeah. Um, I think my last note on the on the uh, state of play since I'm working backwards as far as for VR. I feel like, I feel like it's a lot of the conversation that we had from the last episode, right? As far as just you know, you're paying, you're paying almost the price of another PlayStation Five, and you're getting a port machine, you know, and it's exactly what church talked about last episode. As far as like, he wants an immersive PlayStation experience, like have some, have some in-depth, uh, well-developed games for the VR. But I feel like they're kind of, 
they're kind of doing more of the same, you know, versus like they have this plan. They have this vision, this plan of this amazing high technology experience, but they're not there from a, a physical, like an actual sense of where they're at. So you have ports, you have things that are from other consoles, you have all this stuff, but it's like, yo, I paid almost a second PlayStation fives worth of money for this experience. Um, you know, like how, what, what is the, you know, like how, what, what's the, how much is the investment going to be? You know what I mean? For this. So, I don't know, man. I'm I'm a little weary about it. I'm kind of getting old school Sony bullshit vibes as far as just like this seems to be cool right now, but are you really going to lean onto this and expand on this? Because they already talked about plans for P. They talked about plans for the PC as far as like we want half a PlayStation catalog to be on PC by 2025, and it's like. Okay, so what's your plans for VR though? <laughs> you know, it's like, why do I know more about the PC plans for Sony than I know about PlayStation VR that just came out? Like, I think obviously it's smart for the state of play to show games uh, a day after the release of the VR. I think that's very smart. Um, for what I saw, I wasn't really impressed, really. I mean, there's a couple of games that seemed kind of fun, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know church, you were, you're definitely the, the first of us probably that are really considering jumping the gun and getting a PSVR too. I mean, what were your, uh, I guess you just talked about your thoughts, but I mean, is that, I guess just to ask, ask you that, is that still the case? You're still planning to get yeah, a VR too? I mean, it's still the case, um, to get one. Um, but it's not on the point where I would recommend anybody to go out to get one. There's nothing. And that's, what's concerning. Cause we have these ports, which could be great games, but why am I? And I get that your headset is technically better than the competitors, you know, the power, the 4K, the HDR, whatever, right? But what's on the horizon besides horizon, right? So I, I don't know what's how, how you plan to support it uh, in the future. And that's kind of my problem with Sony right now overall. I don't know what is on the horizon in the portfolio that's coming out. But PSVR too is just like okay, I got it. But what what next? Is this right. a PSP Vita that is not really supported? But the people that got it have these niche indie games, right. like Doom Europa, that really loved it while it was going. Um, I I don't know, but I'm willing to I'm willing to show it out and just you know report back to see if it's worth it. You know. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Then- yeah. There's a there's a few more things I'll stay play I want to I want to talk about because because remember with with E3 with the future of E3 being who knows slash canceled we're gonna get used to like more conferences like this. Um, there are a few things I want to mention that I did like from it that I thought were worth mentioning. There's one game I don't want us to ignore. So the other thing I want to mention, Jarrell, you have Sons of the Forest, right? Was I the only one who thought that game they were showing was Sons of the Forest? And then surprise, it was Green Hill. I thought it was gonna be the for- I thought it was gonna be the forest of VR. And it was called, and then it was the, it was the, it was the called the Green Hell game. Oh, you thought I, it was Sons of the Forest? I thought it was because I thought it was the Forest. The assets were nearly identical. I thought it was I thought they were about oh. to do Sons of the Forest on PSVR two. I didn't see any monsters, so that's why I didn't think it was <laughs> Sons um, of the Forest. <laughs> there is there's another game I talked about. Um, Church, we talk you know you're talking about one of the benefits, one of the pluses to you know getting into VR two is its innovation, its advancement. I still think a game. The concept blows my mind before your eyes. The game where you blink 
and and the game recognize the game recognizes it. I that's oh, the yeah, type of game I do. Different, yeah, a whole different scenario. That seemed pretty. That's interesting. the type of game I want to see on. That's the type of game I do want to see in the PS the PSVR two, because yet you know yes it again there's a port, but they say it's supposed to be the most immersive port yet. Like they you're gonna see things or experience the game differently on the PSVR two, and. And again, so when it comes to innovation, you know, though I may, you know, joke on Sony a lot, I was happy to see that this game before your eyes, I still think it blows my mind. Like, again, I'm an Xbox guy. I can imagine playing an Xbox and every time I blink, the game recognizes it and changes it. So I re- I'm really curious to see how that does. And, and Church, if you get that game on the on the PSVR 2 before your eyes, please let me know how that goes. I really oh, want to know. Yeah, I want to see more on that. Definitely. I'm gonna go on the store and get the top <laughs> list of PSVR. <laughs> just, just let you guys know. Yeah, um, man. Probably a dance game for my lady. How do you guys uh, feel about Wayfinder? That ah. little, that is that, is that like the Star Trek looking one? Was no, like, it oh, was okay. like the tank support character role. It was more like it was like World of Wards looking a little bit. Mm. Oh, um, I think I never done that. Yeah. that looked pretty cool. That looked kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I dug that one. I thought you were talking about the other one with like the where you had they showed you with like a phaser or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I moved from the VR games a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, Wave, yeah, Wayfind, Wayfinder was that like cooperative? It was like that cooperative game. Oh, one thing I did know about Wayfinder, and something I'll kind of note, something else I want to talk about before he goes. I know drill, but one thing I want to talk about is the PlayStation Plus. I again, outside looking in, I was happy we we started to see it. We started to see more phrases we ever heard before, which is on PlayStation Plus. Now that being said, the note I have for this game, Wayfinder, is this is a game that should be on PlayStation Plus because me as a Game Pass guy, the most memory. This just feels like a game that would be like hit the nail on the head and be right there on Game Pass. So all surprises. See, this is oh God. I, I didn't want to get into this, but I think. Okay. <laughs> I think well, because well, the reason I bring the reason I, the reason I mentioned PlayStation Plus is because there was a game I did like, mm-hmm. which is Tichinia, which is which is to me was like the Nintendo version of Raft. You know, the mm-hmm. game Raft, and it did and it did it, it did end with you know um, coming day one the PlayStation Plus. Yeah. So. I know they got leap, they got they have leaps and bounds still to go. Yeah. But we I think we've been talking about a lot more if it wasn't mentioned at all at this conference. Yeah. No, the reason why I twitched the way I did is because I'm just annoyed with Sony and their their model for PlayStation Plus cuz they're already they they were they had an announcement where they're like, "Oh, there's these games that are coming out to PlayStation Plus and they're like 3 years old." You know what I mean? Like they're catching, <laughs> like they're they're catching up on their fucking catalog and having some decent fucking games on PlayStation Plus, you know. So as far as as far as to incorporate, you know, something as like similar to Game Pass, where you're releasing these big games and and then you know, hey, it's available on Game Pass. You know, so like they're like Microsoft already has the ecosystem, and obviously it's a different. It's a different diatribe. Like they, they don't have the cachet and all that stuff that Microsoft has. So like Sony's kind of in their own little corner. But when it comes to PlayStation Plus and these new games, I just feel like they shouldn't try to they shouldn't try to copy what Microsoft does, just because they're to me they're already behind. They're already behind. We just want good games for Sony. So I think uh, they just need to focus on on that. And who knows? Maybe PlayStation Plus will eventually turn into something that people will, uh, you know, that will be enticed to get more so. But that, 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 that's that, that's my my two cents on the matter. But <laughs> uh, I and then one more game. I just would feel bad if we don't mention it all. Reasonable for remake looks 
amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, if if we had if remakes were available for our vanity draft, I mean, I would definitely draft it. Oh, Church tried. Church tried. That's right. That's right. I was like, yo, like, yo, where were we on a remix? There was like, there was like other stuff we kind of let slide. I'm like, oh, that's an import, whatever. But I was like, dude, you can't pick on your fantasy draft the remake of one of the top 10 games ever made no the best games the past 20 30 years yeah i was like no you understand why i did it of course of course it's all yeah of course we're like of course we understand why you did it like that's why we're like nah it might be one of the best remakes. Like it might be one of the best game remakes ever. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it's kind of insane. It looks so so fucking good. So they, yeah. it's been a while since I played the game. Anything from the trailer that's different from the original game that kind of hinted that it's going to change a little bit. They did a lot of the scenes from the end of the game. Yeah, I just don't know if it's like any difference. I don't. I that's a good question. Like, like some like note on youtube like oh this comparison video is different from like the gamecube version yeah <laughs> no but it looks sure. amazing i love the character models the lighting looks amazing it looks great um i can't wait to get back into it it's gonna be like a day one buy for me definitely you know yeah yeah it, I'll, I'll have to buy it on, on steam like or something. capcom's final fantasy 7 <laughs> yeah yeah very much so they what, finally they finally have dodge as much as resident 4 is one is deservedly one of the like top games ever made. I will absolutely recognize that. Resident Evil 4 was one of the games I slowly switched from quick paced action shooters like Medal of Honor to slower paced RBGs because as a concept. And let me explain a little bit more. Mind you, I'm used to like D-Day Normandy missions. If you're telling me like why I never played like Final Fantasy, was because it's turn-based. Because I don't open a can of worms, but the concept of there's a dragon oh what are you gonna do we're gonna let it attack us what no it's the dragon's turn it had after the dragon attacks then we attack because the dragon knows it's our turn that conceptually didn't make sense and that's why it took me forever to get on top of turn-based games i thought it was the stupidest concept like there's a giant spider let it go first what no it, it has it has it has to go first it's its turn so the flip side of that for the shooter version resident Evil 4 he okay cool he's this he's a cop turned um, agent who's so qualified and well known, he was picked by the president by name to rescue his daughter. Cool, he's a great agent. Hey, can he like run and shoot at the same time? No. What? No, no, he's a really good agent, but he can't run and shoot at the same time. So it took me a really long time to start to start the play and even like Razor Four because from pe- the way people are telling me to it again, story wise is great, but again, conceptually, I'm playing D Day Normandy, running and gunning, you know, killing Nazis to yeah this guy can't dodge he can't shoot and reload he if he if he wants to shoot he has to stop and shoot because that's what elite soldiers are known for stop and shooting and not running while gunning so i will say when i saw that dodge mechanic in the game i was like oh my god they did it Resident Evil four you can actually yeah. move Tradi- your, the yeah, upper tradi- half of your body <laughs> yeah traditionally in Resident Evil games controls are usually super awful right back in the day it was like backwards like directional button controlling and shit like that so we've come a long way <laughs> Dude, I, just th- I just think it's hilarious that Leon can like finally move his upper half like oh my god he was able to do Resident Evil 6 Resident Evil 6 is his own thing, own thing yeah. um, but again I again as, again as much as deservedly Resident Evil 4 is one of the top one of the best things ever made it took me a, it was it was a hard sell for me at the time because i was when i was in the call of duties 
the you know the fast paced shooters can you know, all sense like yeah he doesn't dodge he doesn't do this he doesn't do that I'm like that guy's stupid like you know what you mean <laughs> yeah. so I just I just thought it was awesome when I saw Resident Evil remake and he can dodge yeah. I thought that was like an uh, awesome stra- thing strafe for me. if you will strafe <laughs> yeah yeah definitely well so sticking to uh playstation specifically playstation ips that are on hbo last of us uh in episode six uh came out obviously as the most recent one and a pretty solid episode however i feel like it is going to be this next episode the, the episode after this is going to be a huge testament to the series but i'll obviously i'll stick with episode six um as far as just for my thoughts on the episode i thought it was really good um definitely showed some some uh some great acting chops from uh, pedro pascal uh and then obviously the relationship of, of uh of ellie and joel you know uh really seeing that that connection um that connection of uh of just kind of seeing where 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 one she's kind of becoming more uh not self-aware but just from the things that 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 joel taught her you know keeping watch and all that stuff being aware being able to kind of handle her own you know she's slowly but surely getting into that notion and then obviously the one of the biggest parts of the episode of finding tommy um same as tommy right tommy uh as his brother uh and then that whole that whole storyline, right, of her, of him, you know, having a fucking family, <laughs> you know, the kid and everything. Um, I think my favorite scene, which is, uh, sorry, a plane's flying over my head. Um, but one of my, my favorite scene was just really him kind of confessing to Tommy as far as just like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I need your help. And him kind of discussing just like him freezing and being afraid and whatnot and just really giving a class a performance pedro pascal um when you know, talking to tommy after the after they had that last argument in the bar where you know saying hey, i'm gonna have a kid he's like well i hope you're gonna be a good dad and i was like damn joe what the fuck uh, <laughs> but um uh and then obviously mirroring the the sentiments of the game as far as you know he gets hurt you know so he's joel's get joel's fucked up by the end of the episode um you know so uh but the but i thought the episode was great you know um but i really i'm i'm, I'm really worried about the next episode now, that's kind of where it left me that's where it left me because i was like okay based on the previews which i won't discuss but you know like it seems like they're going into the notion of one they're going they're going to go into the dlc the left behind dlc right so we saw that we saw that from the previews which which you know is makes sense especially because you have four additional episodes where we got to figure out what to do with the show. Um, but then also you're going to get a hint of how Ellie will be solo, which will be a big testament to how people will potentially feel about the next season of the last of us. Um, but those are kind of my thoughts. Well, what are your, what were your thoughts church? Sorry. <laughs> I took a, took a bite of a chip. I apologize. Um, so it is as I feel. I didn't it was okay, the episode number six. I felt like what I, I dude, I I know. I know. And they were building I just the emo they went so fast for the emotional build up for things. It just I felt like a lot of things happened. I don't know if I really cared about the connection of like Pedro and Ellie 
Oh, I forget the uh, actress's name. Oh, Bella Ramsey. Bella. Yeah, yeah, I just I didn't believe it, man. I felt like, you know, we escaped Kansas City the previous week, and then now we're here, and now we're just going through the phases. I feel like if they spent one more episode in town of really or in the woods trying to really connect. Um, I could have felt for the Mokelders a little bit more. They're just moving at a rapid pace. Mm. And I don't think it's unfaithful to the source material. I just, I didn't felt that connection just with the amount of episodes we have. And that could be with the, you know, the episode two, or was it episode three where we just had Bill, you know, not enough time with the main character, so to speak. It could be what they're doing in the next episode where they decide to go the DLC route. Well, it's like, okay, now we're over here again for some reason. Yeah. Um, I just, I wish they had more time to build that relationship, um, to have like that final moment. Um, I think the town looked amazing. I'm glad they built real sets. It looked phenomenal. Um, I like Tommy. I like Tommy's rife. Um, I like the Pedro. It's like, man, I've been going through hell and back to try to get to you, brother. And you over here in this bar drinking whiskey falling in love you know and having a baby like and she's the reason why he didn't use the radio to tell him anything right so he's just he's emotionally distraught because i'm happy to see my brother i don't know who this woman is and at the same time she's the reason why i couldn't connect to my brother you know it's she's the reason why he even met ellie in the first place why he was looking for the battery in the truck you know uh, to find him so I think that was cool. You know, it kind of led to that moment. I love the interaction with Ellie and Tommy's wife inside of the house where she's trying to warn her. And, you know, Ellie's showing her, like, I'm not as slow as you think I am Right. at the same time. And uh, I did like the moment where, like, Pedro's like, yo, I think you deserve a choice. And she's like, let's go. <laughs> you know, it gives him the bag. I, I love it. That was a cool moment. I was like, yeah, that's the Ellie I know. Right. Yeah, so I don't think it's a bad episode. I just I wish it hit me more impactful mm. a little bit. But I think it's I think gamers and fans of it are gonna love it. Yeah, um, especially that intense emotional scene yeah. uh, in the, the episode. Definitely. What do you think, Arthur? I I wish I wish I knew more people who are not gamers that are watching this show. Because I really want to know what they think. Cause me, I'm loving it. <laughs> like uh, I, I love this i love this episode <laughs> we finally got we we finally went from old man joel to like a little bit of buddy joel like, a little bit of buddy he's your buddy yeah. um like like you know like like i said like i said church you know, church said that great tension dynamic of You feel you make a choice. Let's go, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was such a good, just these little moments. And dude, when she was when she was like verbally holding holding her own, talking to Tommy's wife, you know what, you know what Joel's done? Yeah, he's killed people. So was Tommy. So was your husband. So was your baby daddy. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, so I thought I, so I mean, so when, yeah. so when, cause, cause Ellie's a kid. So when she's like, you know, she's like, when she's this kid kind of just, you know, holding, you know, holding, you know, holding on against this adult who's trying to warn her that like, Hey, you know, you're trying with a warden with a murderer. You know, you're married, you know, you're married to a murderer. Okay. We don't play that game. Let's go. Um, yeah. I just, I it's just thought awesome. kind of like the wall went up, you know, almost like when, right. When Joel first met Ellie, you know what I mean? It's like that wall yeah. goes up defense mechanism. Yeah. And, 
And I like that because we got to see more of like how Ellie isn't just some like goofy little sidekick child he's traveling with. Like that, those are the reactions you get from a child that's been raised in an apocalypse. Like, I mean, like the scene where Joel, when they're talking about his daughter, Sarah, he's like, dope. And she was like, hey, look around, dude. This is the apocalypse. You think you're, you're, you think you're the only guy that knows someone that's died? Welcome to the club. You know what I mean? And like, again, that's, that's again, because that is a character of Ellie. She's just not some like kid that was sheltered her whole life that was like, here's the world. Yeah, she's seen like pools for the first time and working cars for the first time and monkeys for the first time. But she has grown up, she was born in this world that was, that Joel was thrusted upon. And I like that we got to see a little bit more of that because those are the, the types of reactions and dialogue and script you get from a character again that was born into this that was arguably born into this world versus a character like joel that was thrusted up thrusted into it um i do wish we got more of the town um i did like it and i have a question and this is related to the show but i have a question that and you know again spoiler for an old game the town that we see now is is this the same town that's in the sequel, Last of Us Part Two, or, or no? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same one. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I wasn't sure because again, I've only seen these games through playthroughs. But like, when I say that I was like in the background of me playing Fallout or something. Like, oh, they got to that part. You know what I mean? So I, I was like, I was able to know if these were for sure the same towns. Okay, that's good because again, because I like Church. I want to see more of this town, but I'm thinking, okay, we know it's been greatly for season two. I want them to come back. And I'm like, okay, story wise, okay, cool. This is the town. Um. But again, I loved it that we got to see Buddy Joel and Ellie versus old man, stoic Joel trying to hit everything. Um, I was a fan of it. Um, yeah. Now, the pacing, I kind of agree with. But again, this is why I just feel like they, to, a point, to a point, almost every video game adaptation writes itself into a hole. Almost every single one. You know, again, how do you get 30 plus 40 plus hours of gameplay into nine hours and you got to trim the fats you have to trim the fat somewhere and again that's just so whereas where it's it, for me it's just cats 22 where i feel like that criticism is absolutely valid but again it's like they wrote themselves into a hole the same way i don't the same way i don't really jump at the bit for prequel shows because it removes tensions for me like this guy might die like i know for a fact he doesn't die here why are we why are we showing 20 minutes of a guy almost dying we know he's not going to die so when it gets into like writer again to they write themselves into hole to a hole in this case write themselves into a condensed version that's where i'm mixed with it when it comes to the pacing see i don't know if i agree that they wrote themselves into a hole i think i don't at least i don't agree yet i think when it comes to this next two episodes i think i might have a different opinion but i mean i think there was a lot here like there especially when it comes to you know tommy doesn't he doesn't he you know would remember that like joel's like ex-military right so even though that he has uh he has a a history of killing even before the this pandemic happened you know and and, and tommy might be ex-military too but it affected tommy in a way where he's trying to really get out of that and that's kind of one of the things i liked about the episode too was where it's like look i don't want to I, I can't keep doing this thing of 
of you know just kind of moseying around killing people that are infected quote unquote you know what i mean it's like i can't do that i want a normal life you know what i mean i want what you i want what you had almost in a sense you know what i mean so it's like i kind of understand um i kind of liked that i guess that potential conflict that you know tommy had and then that you know joel's kind of like struggling with you know and, and, and things of that nature then obviously he kind of opens up to him um on his notion of of where he's at you know so i think there was a lot to work with here as far as her pacing obviously i guess it could you know it's subjective it could be it, maybe it could have been better or whatnot but i thought there was a lot to there was a lot to juggle pretty well with this episode but again i'm kind of worried about this next episode like i know they're going to dive into the left behind dlc you're gonna really start exploring um at least from my i mean if if they follow the dlc you're gonna start exploring uh ellie's sexuality and then they're supposed to uh introduce dina from last of us part two who's supposed to be uh you know ellie's lover so that should be interesting but the main worry that's not the worry that i have though the worry is the actual pacing and the the worry is uh dealing with ellie as the main character like for that episode because i don't think joel's gonna be in i don't think joel's gonna be in the next episode i don't think so i think yeah. he's gonna be <laughs> lying on the bed or something <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i think most of the episode is going to be ellie so to to church's point as far as like hey how well do i connect with this character this is going to be a, a definitely uh uh definitely be critical to the future of the last of the series i think we're really going to see that this next episode so i'm not saying that bella ramsey is not capable of doing that but depending on how the episode is written and shot and how the story how they merge all of that shit together i'm very curious to see how the episode will be so we'll see but i think i think this next episode is going to be the the riskiest episode they've made since episode three and episode three obviously they killed it right um because they went slightly slightly off script you know they tried something new and it was great uh this one they're kind of adding components and they're you know potentially trying something new there th this is going to be the big risk so we'll see how episode seven is um i feel like it's going to be a very mixed bag but we'll see that's kind of my my worry there so any lasting thoughts before we move on yeah i mean i'm just kind of curious why they're doing this next episode in the placement um what's that it's, it's this almost feels like an episode that should have been like uh between seasons almost like a doctor who christmas special right but, you know just like hey just release it afterwards you know for the fans um because it kind of kills the momentum that we kind of have at the ending of this episode six um and then yeah that's those are my final thoughts i mean i have the same concerns i'm not really worried about ellie's sexuality it's just it's just weird because yeah. it's like it's not it's a flashback but like do we care about these characters that we're about mm -hmm. to see mm -hmm. you know as an audience member i feel right. like i would be more engaged in what's happened to joel as opposed to seeing these characters in this flashback that we're not going to see in the next episode after that right because we right. play the game it's just like it's just it's a weird placement um uh, but maybe it works i don't know yeah so, that's true that's that, that's a good point to make too as far as because when you have so many characters when you're introducing so many characters and you're like like care about these people when like you've been with joel like you know if i had all screen time with joel for hours you know what i mean so it's like you're very invested in him you're obviously invested in ellie you're seeing these other characters that you 
we're going to see later, but it's like, is it going to be enough? And is it going to make sense? You know, so, so I, yeah, that definitely is uh, warranted. Definitely a good point there. And, and last thing, I'll go ahead. It's a, it's a good show. It's a good show. Yeah. So I'm, in, I'm enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, um, the, the thing is with me with Ellie kind of holding her own, I'm looking forward to the challenge because I think Bella Ramsey can do it. I think just more of like how they frame it, how they, you know, how they you know, set the foundation for her. Mainly because I know, you know, clearly the DLC stuff, but I want to see that part of the game where she's, again, that part of the game, you know, where she's by herself, you know, again, spoiler for like an X, put this with the game. So, well, they remade it, they, re- they remastered it twice. Okay. I'm just saying. Um, the, the, you know, the countable, the countable part. I want to see that section because that section of the game where she's solo. I, I thought in the terms of the game, I thought they killed it. And I, I, I want to see them. I want to see them kind of do, do that with this. And one, right? Right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, should be and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that because in terms of like, you know, we all have our favorite things, but when, if you're to like list me like, Hey, what's my kind of the top three adaptations or moments or sequences I want to see in this show in no potential order, the Ellie going solo with the whole with the with the cannibal group thing, that'll be right up there in my top three of things I want to see in the show and how they how they do and you know with and with Bella Ramsey. Um because that type of that type of like bravado and type of seriousness to a point that she's done before in Game of Thrones. She was still one of my favorite characters in Game of Thrones. Um so that's that's again that's a sequence that's for me I'm hyped. I'm excited I'm I'm hyped more of because that was a fair that was a great sequence for me in the game to to watch so I'm excited for them to see how they do it in this and again um, so far from the major sequences from from their take on Bill to the brothers um to their tweak with Tess again it's flying colors compared to the last couple of years. Collectively, you know, Sonic Two, Sonic, Sonic, Sonic One, Sonic Two, beautiful asterisk. But compared to most adaptations, again, still knocking out the park, still killing it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I selfishly wanted to go into uh, <laughs> a game that was on Arthur's Fantasy Card and slash something that I've been playing, uh, Atomic Heart. <laughs> Did you, I, before I, before I, I go off of uh, just kind of my, my thoughts on the game, uh, have you guys have you guys played it at all on Game Pass? No, I haven't had, had a chance yet. I downloaded it, and then a, snor- a snowstorm came, and a lot of my time outside of work <laughs> was like, preoccupied. <laughs> <laughs> so I know there's no worries. So I know there's there's kind of a mixed there's definitely a mixed bag on Atomic Heart uh, as far as just the uh, uh, the reviews and whatnot on it. I know there are some technical glitches from when the game launched. Uh, I I'm playing it on PC, so the some of the glitches that I encountered. Uh, the first thing was my so I I play on a PC monitor, uh, but my PC monitor supposedly is supposed to be fine with consoles, and there's a VSync mode. Uh, so as opposed to, you know, where you don't have any fucking glitching or whatever when you're moving around or whatnot. But that V-Sync option was blanked out on the Atomic Heart menu. So I was like, yo, where's my fucking V-Sync? Like, I need that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to manually adjust the shit. So I guess the on, uh, on the interwebs via Reddit. Uh, it showed me how to do it. So I had to go through like the NVIDIA control control panel, add program, add Atomic Heart, and then add the VSync in the back door and playing it. But as far as the gameplay, man, I, it's 
it's definitely one of the more exciting first person shooter experiences that I've had in a long time. You know, everything wow. is very in game. It reminds me of Bioshock and Total Recall. <laughs> it has a real, t- it's not a Bioshock type game. The developers <laughs> are still confused why we keep calling it a Bioshock game. <laughs> it's it's it, it, you know what's funny when you play it like you, like there. I really like the 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 design of the game too. Uh, obviously, there's a there's a few things that are there's maybe similar, maybe similar slight Bioshock Infinite ish, but it definitely has its own thing to it. You know, it definitely it has its own feel to it. Uh, but yeah, everything's very in game. So like, there's some really great moments. Like, there's one moment where like the shit is going crazy, and there's like this older lady that's like get the fuck back and she has this gun and she's like just shoot you fucking idiot you know and it's like the 70 year old lady like just like handling shit and you're like what the fuck's going on you know and like stuff's crashing down um but the the graphics are really dope graphics are really good and it's just really engaging you know like i'm fighting off robots and shit and like there's just really neat design choices that just remind me of like an 80s action movie like i feel like i'm arnold like you know it's like arnold schwarzenegger just like fighting off these people trying to get away and whatnot so it definitely reminds me of like an 80s sci-fi action movie which is kind of cool um the to me the downsides to it i feel like it has this plot notion where it's that it's that plot notion we talk about constantly arthur where like we know that like someone is the bad guy and they write oh, it like really? it's, it's like it's it's like the flash where it's like you know the professor's in the chair and it's like hi i'm not i'm not the bad guy <laughs> i didn't start this whole thing from the beginning you know and it's like you clearly did it's like you know like hey, we're like geez, watching you want to come in my van i got puppies yeah, yeah, i'm so a nice guy it's kind of like because there's this professor that i guess has been like under you you've been mentored for years it's like oh he saved my life and like you know all this shit happens under this guy's watch and you're and he's giving you these you know these uh, objectives to do x y and z and it's like bro obviously this guy's the fucking bad guy and you have this ai that's talking to you throughout the the game or whatnot but so that's a little annoying because it's like obviously this guy's fucking bad guy but anyway um the the other thing that's annoying is kind of the voice acting I think because it's like this guy's Russian. You play as a Russian guy, Sergey something, but he sounds very American. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like I wonder if it's just one of those American things where it's like where and, and correct me if I'm wrong. When it comes to uh, 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 Wolfenstein, right? When you say play B.J. Blazkowicz, was yeah. he American or was he or was he a German guy? What 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 uh what what nationality was he? Cause he was, was he a was he a Russian or German dude? He was nas- nationality in terms of flags American. He was American. In terms of ethnicity, uh, I maybe Germanish because okay. he was a pretty blondie blonde blonde guy. Okay, cause okay, so so that makes sense, right? This guy, like you're you're not playing an American. You're playing a Russian guy who sounds very fucking American. <laughs> so that was my other annoying thing, cause I was trying to think. I was like, is BJ because because I was like, if BJ was was like say Russian or or something, like I was like, okay, well, 
I don't know if I have an argument here, but if BJ Bus was in fact an American, then that's that's the other issue I have with Atomic Heart is that you play someone who is he's a Russian guy, like he's not American, and he sounds very fucking American. So I'm like, damn, like, uh, so that kind of that, that kind of takes me out a little bit of the experience because everything else is very like Russian-ish, like like you like everything is written, you know, like in that language or whatever, and um and there is a lot of other everyone else in the game does speak english as well um so i guess it kind of takes me a little bit out of it like for me as like an american player it's convenient for me that everyone speaks american and has this vibe but i almost like the notion of just like really leaning into this world that's why i like metro 2033 so much is because no like homies russian like like these people that are talking to you, like you have to read read the subtitles or whatever, but like they're speaking to you in English, but it's like they at least have like accents, you know what I mean? So I think that's kind of like the teetering line where it's like, how how do how further do we want to go into into like the like the realism I guess around it, or just like do we do we want it to be like subtitles? People just read subtitles, or they have the accents, or they just all speaking American. So I think that's that's something that maybe kind of like it pulls me out a little bit because um, I just think my character is American when he's not. You know what I mean? So it's kind it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing that I, I deal with. But as far as for the game in general, it's very fun. Like I haven't I haven't played, you know I haven't played a first person shooter that long. Uh, experience wise like really been invested in going back to playing like in a while it's been a while like i want to finish i want to finish the game i want to go back in and finish it because a lot of these game best games i start them but i don't fucking finish them but this one, i'm like no i want to go back and see what happens you know so it is a very engaging game i recommend checking it out i think the first i, I would say after the first like 45 minutes you really start kind of getting invested the beginning is kind of slow where you're kind of like okay what the fuck's going on here but once this, once shit starts hitting the fan you start seeing the scenery and everything you're like okay this is kind of interesting actually so that, those are kind of my thoughts i recommend still checking it out um atomic hat um so arthur i know you mentioned e3 as far as like is this even gonna fucking happen or what and i wanted to uh, talk about this article because konami oh kinda... can i oh go ahead slide cut you off only for atomic heart uh two things i want to mention number one i'm happy i get to see that's uh, sorry if i'm on my phone trying to find her name i want to say it's, i want to say it's deborah wilson don't call me the mad tv act the mad tv actress that we're seeing more and more in games she's a mentor in jedi survivor she was the ally in uh, wolfenstein 2 she was in forespoken and now she's in this game um so that makes me happy i like to see her i like to see her more things um the other thing with atomic car when the joe joe con real quick real quick is uh was polygon polygon being polygon of polygon writing the article pretty much saying that um quote atomic car the title this is kind of the title here atomic heart is twice as fun in easy mode and i just thought that was hilarious uh here's a here's a quick here's a quick verb atomic heart is a hostile game you can only manually save a dedicated save locations yes in 2023 you have to stomach entire scripts worth of juvenile quote-unquote humor the slim offerings of a set of accessibility settings is a genuine disappointment to say the least but there is at least one way to make to make this first person shooter a tiny bit more approachable play on the lowest difficulty level 
<laughs> I just thought that was the most like polygon article yeah. of like this game is hostile. And the you know, like real quick, the, the, like uh, you can only save at manual at manually dedicated manually um, dedicated save locations. Yes, in 2023. Yeah, that's all over the place. Have you heard of the game? Um, you know, the game of the year last year, Elden Ring. You know, what I mean, I don't think that game was just like a pause, save where you ever you yeah. want. But it also auto saves too, so that's half true. Like it <laughs> also auto saves in various locations too, so it's not it's not the, full manual save. Yeah. Cool, but so but so but anybody sold any soul but any souls game, right. you know that's been any souls game. Not, not that no, I'm curious. Already, Armor Core Six is gonna save, but again, I just I just thought that one thing of like you can only save in, in certain locations. Yes, in 2023, I'm like get out of here, God, just I mean, you like, know, yeah. Polygon just being Polygon there. I just thought that was a funny article I wanted to mention. Oh, were you saying church? I'm saying like that doesn't sound like a real complaint. Just like yeah, saving out some locations. I mean like Doom and Tono, similar like it's mission based. You know, yeah, it's like you can't save until you beat the mission. So it's like right, it's all subjective to the gameplay. So I think very true. a uh, funny thing, you chose that game because remember Doom, Doom Eternal also made headlines because it was a shot, it was a nod at game journalists that the easy mode was called baby mode, or they may have been Wolfenstein. So I might be mixing up my Bethesda IP. Oh, yeah, that's Wolfenstein. Uh, Wolfenstein. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then what? And then the game wanted the lowest difficulty setting was pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, that is hilarious. Whoa. Those names look because I was playing Wolfenstein. I saw a baby. I, I refuse. <laughs> You're like, like I'm not a baby. <laughs> right. Moving back up. <laughs> Nobody gonna know but me. But I would know. <laughs> Dude, Drell, this reminds me. This reminds me a while ago. We were talking about an article of Sony um, developing. We haven't heard anything from it, but remember, Sony was developing a game-assisted AI, and we we're like, cool. Finally, a, a game journalist can play a game on normal difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I uh, thought I just thought I mentioned that of like what makes this oh, what what you know what makes Atomic Heart bad to Polygon? Uh, it's only playable in easy mode, guys. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I play on normal mode, and I'm having a, I'm having a grand all the time. So like a champ, like the yeah. rest, you know, like the majority of us. There you go. There you go. Oh. Um. So, but yeah. So as we were talking about E3, right? I know the past few episodes we were like, yo, like mad people aren't coming to E3. What the fuck's happening? Uh, but there is a company that is, and it's Konami. And apparently, we're on the street. They are going to have some interesting announcements. And I want to read this article here is MSN.com. But says here, <laughs> <laughs> says here, quote, according to a new report, Konami will make an appearance at this year's E3 and is looking to make a huge splash. Pause. Um, <laughs> says here, Konami has a long, rich history of games published dating back to the late 1970s. E3 was once the premier destination for the biggest game and console reviews of the past 30 years, but has run into a series of troubles, including data leaks involving personal information of over 2,000 media attendees. Even before COVID-19 pandemic made in-person conventions impossibility, big names were already dropping out of their usual annual participation in what was formerly the biggest event and gaming calendar. It's gotten to the point where Xbox, Nintendo, and Sony will not participate in E3 2023. Konami has seen its fair share of dramas over the years primarily of its fraught relationship with its star game designer Hideo Kojima the mastermind of the Metal Gear Solid series according to the VGC podcast Konami is planning to reveal a long rumored remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater at E3 it is also supposedly showing off the revival of Castlevania series and at least some of the Silent Hill games 
the studio has in the works. Um, says the last, uh, I'll skip all that because that's me. That was, no one cares about that. Uh, but it says the Castlevania series has been largely dormant since its release of 2014's uh, Lord of Shadow 2, with the series only recently being confirmed to return as a Dead Cells DC. Uh, none of that really matters. So that's basically it. So I'm kind of excited slash skeptical slash I don't want to buy a PlayStation 5 still. <laughs> But very, very curious about this this Snake Eater uh, remake, if it's actually true. It's still a rumor. It's a rumor. But I will say, if Snake Eater, a fucking remake, comes out, that is a huge fucking deal. Because I remember that was one of the Metal Gear Solid games that really changed the kind of changed the game in a sense. Like, there was, like, that definitely changed the framework, and it obviously was you know, uh, Snake Eater uh, crawled so Metal Gear Solid 5 can run, right? You know, before 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 Phantom Pain, you had Snake Eater and you had that environment. Um, but what do you guys think? Arthur, what are your thoughts about uh, Snake Eater being uh, remade for Konami? You got Silent Hill, got Snake Eater possibly. Your thoughts? If, if they make it, I want them... To make it so that you cannot skip that ladder, or else it's unplayable. No, <laughs> um, so again, Snake Eater. Again, like we're talking about, Rezo, we're talking about Rezo Four remakes. We're just casually just dropping, you know, remaking some of the best games ever made. I still say to this day, Silent Hill, Silent Hill Two is one of the only horror games that I did not finish. I still remember. I, still, I remember to this day, me and my friend, me and my friend Miguel, went to Hollywood Video. Because that was closer than Blockbuster. That was, in fact, fun fact, that was my first job, Hollywood Video, in high school. Uh, we get a game called Silent Hill, and we rented a uh, Jackie Chan movie. We couldn't finish Silent Hill 2, so we popped on Jackie Chan. <laughs> when we were walking by a car, and a hand reached out from under the car and grabbed your foot, dude, we were losing it. Um, but Snake Eater, man, that, again, um, I'm I kind of wish it was at E3, like a live E3, Cause I would love for Konami to like debut that and everyone just starts chanting Kojima, Kojima. <laughs> but now it's not live. So I'm going to miss, um, I I'm mixed at face value. I'm hyped, but I would just love for this to happen in person because I still love watching reaction videos. I still love watching when that camera pans during that site, when the camera stays still in the frame and uh, for that cyberpunk release trailer and you hear a voice Get up, samurai. Boom. Come Keanu Reeves. We got a city of the bird. Ah, everyone loses our mind. So to know yeah, that this might reactions. get in, so for me, it's like not tainted, but just like eh. Like that, you know, the you know, the the kid in me is like a little eh upset that I won't that if this is confirmed, it won't get debuted um to a live audience. But that being said, dude, it's Snake Year 3. I mean it's Snake Year, <laughs> Snake Year 3. It's Milgar Solid 3. Let's go. I'm here for it. Church, your thoughts? Yeah, it's um, garbage. <laughs> did, did they they released a pachinko machine recently with Snake Eater Three, right? Where they had like the updated some cutscenes or like current graphics for Metal Gear? I think so. I think so. You mean like an HD remaster or something like that? Or no, it was for the like the you know the gambling machine. They remastered the cutscenes 
it was like a snake eater version of that. I don't know. Oh, I'm not check. privy. I'm not privy. Google that real quick. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Pachinko Machine. Mm. I think they have updated cutscenes. Uh, in terms of Konami making a presence at E3, no expectations. It's Konami. They haven't been a factor in years just because they've been focusing on their gambling uh, for so much. So I really don't think have any expectations. I'd be very surprised. Um, the the idea of a snake eater uh, remake is interesting because it's the room that Blue Point, the team that did uh, Demon Souls, um, what other remake did they do? Oh my god, um, Shadow of the Colossus. It's rumored their next game is a Metal Gear Solid remake that they're making. So for Konami to do a Snake Eater remake at the same time, I was like, oh, that's kind of curious. See how that plays out. Um, I think for me, I mean, I'll play it, but it's it's not the remake that I would want. I'm a big Metal Gear Solid Five fan. I think Five really captured the nice. pinnacle of the espionage genre. And I, I was recently just playing a download on PlayStation. There's like the stealth in that game. The, nothing comes close to that. Yeah, it's incredible. Days. They mastered it. He mastered. They mastered it for sure. Yeah, it it's great. Say what you will about the story, it's great. So I would love a snake eater version of a game where there's a little bit open world. You know, imagine you land in the woods and it's like you got this landscape to you know to explore and do the missions a little bit and stick into the story. I I want it revamped in that area. As opposed to just a graphical update. That's yeah, yeah. That, I, that's what I would want, man. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, that's, I mean, that's what I want, man. Yeah, because so, like, yeah, because yeah, because yeah, Phantom Pain. I mean, it's like holy shit. Like, there's so much, so many ways how I can complete this mission. So yeah, it's you had a whole world to really fuck around with, and you know to to do the objectives. So yeah i think that is interesting right i guess it's a little bit of it's a poor taste in my mouth too because uh hideo kojima is not going to touch this you know what nope. i mean this is entirely konami so i think that's always something that i have to remember as well when they do these remakes or whatnot is where he's not going to have any two cents to to make it you know his his baby because it's not really his baby anymore right so that because part of me was like, oh, man, maybe it's maybe, maybe I should get a PS5. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jarrell. <laughs> Kojima has nothing to do with this. <laughs> like he's he's chilling. And, and 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 to your point, you know, is it is it going to be a world worth playing? Or should I just go back to, to Phantom Pain on my PC? You know what I mean? So right. it's, did we, yeah. Did, Arthur, were you able to figure out about that pachinko cutscenes? Was I right? Uh, so I, Yeah, I looked it up. But what, what do you got, so, Arthur? Uh, I got I got uh, GamesRadar article from 2016. So kudos on Church for pulling this out of the hat. Milgar Saw Three Pachinko is surprisingly is a is a surprisingly complete remake for better or worse. And one of like the pictures, one of the pictures of it is is look at this greatest Pachinko machine ever. Also, Konami is clearly remaking Milgar Saw Three. Look at the amount of footage sent July 15th, 2016. <laughs> Clearly, clearly they're making it. But um, so this rumor again, when it comes to Konami and Kojima, anything Kojima or anything Konami, uh, remakes, I don't hold my breath. <laughs> yeah. But yes, but yes, Church is absolutely correct. There, if you want, if you want today to experience a, for better or worse, Metal Gear Solid Three remake, there's a Pachigo machine. There's out there a Pachigo machine that has all. <laughs> has it has all remade. 
And I think they're gonna use the same. <laughs> you think they're gonna be the same? <laughs> use the same assets. That is make- that is so fucked up. <laughs> Bro, they did it with Metal Gear Solid Five assets <laughs> with oh. that terrible zombie game. <laughs> oh, my oh man. God. I- I will say one thing to church about Metal Gear Solid 5. Again, the story, it kind of like it is, you know, I'm not saying as much as a riff like Last of Us 2, but the story divides like true, you can call true or diehard Metal Gear Solid fans. But gameplay, espionage, I, I kept getting, I, I was trying to, because you get more rewards for like not killing people and being true stealthy, you know what I mean? Because that's the purpose of the game. I kept getting like docked because I was killing people, but I'm like, I'm like with Victor, this is back when Mixer was a thing where you can stream directly from the Xbox. So I'm back when Victor was in Japan on base, but we were kind of like quote unquote hanging out, even though we we're just watching a single player game, AKA my Mixer. Um, I kept was like, dude, Victor, you watched it. I didn't kill anybody. Turns out if you leave someone unconscious face down in a pool of water, they drown and you get a kill for it. Yeah, that blew okay. my that blew that blew my mind. There's details like that. That's like woof. I mean, and hey, man, we're talking about Snake Eater open world, dude. If I can build Noah's Ark 2.0, let's go. <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> like, ooh, is that a crocodile? Ooh, boop, 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 balloon. <laughs> I just liked some of the things, like the things you'd run into for Snake Eater, where it's like, oh man, I'm getting kind of hungry, and like you fall off a tree. Oh, you broke your leg. Oh shit, a snake bit you. <laughs> You know, I'm like, oh god, I'm dying. It's better than Dude, my system. <laughs> I still remember playing Phantom Pain, driving past at the time, like you could risk it because you're low level, it's a quote unquote high level based or jail outpost thing. I still remember like stopping on a dime when you heard because remember you had to pick up the soundtrack as you went. You had to pick up the cassette tapes. I still That's remember stopping thing, on a, bro. I still remember stopping on a dime when I heard take on me. You know what I mean? I was like, take on, like, sort of this car, like, crashing. I'm, I'm busting it. Like, let's go get this. Let's go get this. I must have died like six times, and the game was clearly trying to tell me, hey, you're on the level. That like, I don't care. I don't care if I die for another ten hours. If it means I get to listen to more, take on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I used my, st- I, I had a, I had a, I had a silencer in my pistol, and it fucking just, just, just like took everybody out in like a campsite just to get the uh it's the final countdown yes. <laughs> get that tape as his play dude <laughs> I, I, one of my friends gloria i used to send her clips all the time because she was that was when she was more active on her xbox oh every time i was like driving the cruising the car like run over a deer with the song gloria Click, click, Gloria. Just, 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 just mow over a wild dog. <laughs> nice. Um, so what we're saying is, hey, Konami, while you're remastering stuff, remaster Metal Gear Solid 5. Thanks. <laughs> For real, though. Uh, give me, yes, just give me an HDR, deeper draw distance, and 60 frames per second, and I'll be happy with the pain, you know, Phantom Pain. That would be amazing. So, I, I, I feel like I definitely, I mean, I. Oh, I, I put more hours into Phantom Pain. That's why I just have more memories of it. But man, uh, I like the horn thing. Like, I don't know if you guys knew about the horn. Yeah, the horn mechanic. The more people you kill, the bigger it got. And so, oh, the, so the yeah, the yeah, the horn. Um, yeah. the the yeah, the, the horn thing on your head. The more people you killed, the the bigger it got. And there, and once that word got out on that, oh, dude, some people were a unicorn, my dude, just <laughs> 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 like they were just genociding everyone they came across. <laughs> Nice. Um, 
But Metal Gear Solid 3, Castlevania, again, Konami. Again, you saw it there. Hey guys, there, you know, 2000, you know, July 15th, 2016 tweet. Guys, they already made they already remade the game. It's coming out soon. Six years later, seven years later, maybe. Right. Right. <laughs> even even with even with even with Kojima gone, the rumor mill and Konami stays strong. <laughs> Yes, indeed. And the last thing here on the show uh, is uh, a developing story we've been talking about here on the show regarding to Microsoft and the deal. One of the deals uh, is regarding to the Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty uh, IP, uh, sticking with Microsoft, but uh, they have been signing uh, multiple 10-year binding deals with other companies such as uh, Sony uh nvidia even and now nintendo so let me read this here uh this is from game informers it says here in quote microsoft has signed a binding 10-year uh legal agreement with nintendo to bring call of duty and nintendo players presuming the company's colossal 69 billion dollar acquisition of activision blizzard is approved since the acquisition announced last year microsoft has been attempting to approve the government agencies such as the u.s federal trade commission that this acquisition does not fall into any non-monopolistic activity uh, that would not harm uh, competitors like PlayStation. However, Microsoft has had a bit of uh, a bit of a rough go <laughs> at it. Uh, to counter, though, the company has been proactive in attempting to get the green light from the FTC, going as far as promising PlayStation that the Call of Duty games will be to continue to come to Sony's consoles and agreeing to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo hardware. Now, Microsoft President and Chair Brad Smith has announced on Twitter that Microsoft has formally signed a legally binding 10-year agreement with Nintendo to bring the Call of Duty games to Nintendo players. Uh, the statement says here, in quote, Microsoft and Nintendo are now negotiating to sign a binding 10-year legal agreement to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo players, same day as Xbox, with full feature and content parity. So they experience Call of Duty just as Xbox and PlayStation gamers enjoy Call of Duty. We are committed to providing long-term equal access to Call of Duty and other game platforms, bringing more choice to more players and more competition to the gaming market. Uh, lastly, says here, uh, many have already begun to speculate how Activision Blizzard will bring Call of Duty games to Nintendo consoles, which are more traditionally much less powerful than current-gen Xbox and PlayStation consoles with, in quote, full feature and content parity. Uh, if I had to guess, Call of Duty will likely go to the route of cloud gaming seen on on the Switch, unless Nintendo's next console is set to be significantly more powerful than the piece of hardware. Only time will tell. Uh, end quote. Um, interesting stuff here. I guess one, a couple of my 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 two cents here before I throw throw it over to you guys is it's interesting, right? So you have this sixty nine billion dollar investment initially, right? A large percent of that, a large percentage of that money, as far as it coming back to Microsoft quickly or quick quicker compared to their other IPs, it was Call of Duty, right? But now you have you have these expanding binding agreements that kind of whittle down that uh, that return on investment. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering how much money that Microsoft is losing. Or that would be deducted from that $69 billion deal that now has to be legally binded with Nintendo, legally binded with Sony, which we knew, right? But then also, I heard NVIDIA, like the NVIDIA streaming service, they'd signed a 10-year deal with them, too. Um, 
So it's like you have all this money that's being deducted from like potential return on investment profits uh, away from Call of Duty. Um, so it's just it's it's interesting. I guess it doesn't mean that the the deal won't go through, but goddamn, they're really making this they're really making this tough for 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 good old good old Microsoft. But I will start with Church. What are your thoughts on uh, Nintendo getting a piece of the pie here for another ten years as far as Call of Duty goes? I mean, I think this is a win all around. It's like Microsoft is willing to, you know, back up the claim. They've been saying like, hey, we have no intention to pull Call of Duty. We're going to do this 10 years. They sign the 10 years. They're willing to, you know, expand the title and give it to more people. So I think it's overall good. Whether or not how that comes out to play in terms of how good it runs is questionable. Um you know, I know the Switch streams games too as well, so that's always a factor. They can bring the game. It's on though, but is it fun to play? And, you know, that's a different question. But I, I think it will be okay because Microsoft is committed to having streaming be part of the future. So though it's going to work out just fine. Um, my overall take of this is just that, like you said, Sony's trying to do anything to stop this uh, deal to going through. Um, some YouTube I was listening to, I think today, was trying to give me some update what's happening with the CMA and the EU. I got to the point, I'm like, you know what, I, I don't want to fall on the day-to-day of this anymore. Just like, it, let me know if it's going to go through or let right. me know if it's not going to go through. If concessions are going to happen, that you know, they're going to make some concessions. But Microsoft did say they're not going to divest Activision. That's not a solution. It's like, yeah, it's all or nothing for us. You know, it's not worth it if we have to split up the company. And I think that's a big indication of what they want to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think it's a good move for gamers overall. So I think they're gonna make the money back. You know, so why not? Nice. Your thoughts, Arthur? Talk about return on investment, guys. Call of Duty on Nintendo Switch to be seventy bucks. That's how they get their money back. <laughs> Let's go. That's <laughs> uh, um, I'm again. I, I'm just happy for it. I sent Jarrell. I sent Jarrell an uh, like a, a thing. Um, you know, there was all, there was that um, one of the many things. I want to say. I want to say it came from the Apple Epic trial because I feel like a, a lot of things did. If it didn't, it just came around the same time. It felt like was there was that story where um, Microsoft got laughed out of Nintendo, meaning where uh, Microsoft was offered to buy Nintendo. And they got they got laughed out of there. Now it's like, oh, you want to play? Oh, you want to call you in your Switch? Yeah, you can write that check to Big G. Let's go. Like, <laughs> like I just think it was funny that that you know, I just I don't know. That was the first thing I thought of of Nintendo just writing that check to to Microsoft for Call of Duty. Either way, this is just more of like if this it's almost getting to the point where I'm, I'm not saying like. I'm not saying too big to fail, but like that one could kind of like has to go through. Like there's multiple companies and multiple commitments, like decades long commitments being made. So for me, again, outside looking in, I'm not on a day to the day to day. There's a lot of moving parts, just things over my head. Church is talking about concessions. I love popcorn and movies too. Yeah. Uh, um, so a lot of things over my head for a lot of the background stuff. Um, but either way, I like that this is coming to Nintendo. Um I, you know, I joke on Nintendo being narrow, but they're increasingly, increasingly you know, vasting their catalogs, their IPs. I think it's a good thing all around. Now, NVIDIA, the my thing with, my thing with NVIDIA is I'm kind of curious of the, how is this linked to or will it be linked at all to NVIDIA like partnering and 
um, I don't know if it was like a buyout or a partnering with like chat, chat um, GPD, because that was, you know, cause you know, smart cookies, we get all the same ads. So it was like around the same time I'm seeing articles for the Microsoft Nintendo um, NVIDIA thing. I'm also seeing articles of like, of, of, oh, oh my God, NVIDIA for X billion dollars, but trying to buy chat GPD. I'm just, I'm just like, okay, is this linked? Whether it be AI and Call of Duty, I don't know. I didn't feel like clicking it. I was on break. I was at work. Whatever. Um, I don't know if it's. But, I don't think it's connected. The 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 Nvidia deals specifically to GeForce Now, so it's yeah. specifically to that that uh, PC streaming uh, option uh, for a lot of their games. Uh, some of the Game Pass, but it's you know it's, G, it's Nvidia GeForce um, and Call of Duty will be on on that service, right? So as far as GPT stuff, I think that's separate. I don't think it'll be a yeah. factor for, you know, entangled within this. I, I will say, at least on that note, in terms of AI, I'm definitely in the category of AI scary. I don't want to near anything. Um, but for this, I will say, like, you know, this whole thing to, to start to start on what came from it early on was Sony. You know, Sony was being very vocal, um, you know, of like, oh, you know, they're going to keep it to themselves. And Microsoft was being very public, like, no, we're not. Like, here, here. We're like, yes, it's ours in the sense we own it but it's not going to be only for us to have and so i again so overall this type of article of the 10-year deal uh when the video with nintendo wasn't surprising to me for me just goes back to like well like when sony was like oh they're you know hey they're gonna keep it this is too big of ip to keep to themselves and me and a lot of people are like what are you talking about like they're they've been very public of like they're not keeping to themselves so i just thought those articles some of the comments of like you know, Sony is saying Microsoft doesn't keep it to themselves, and you'll know, hear all the art, hear all the articles and interviews of Microsoft saying the exact opposite. I just thought it was funny um, of that that context there. Yeah, I guess for me it was just a reminder how much money Call of Duty makes and how how important it is to the gaming economy. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. this is like the equivalent to like a company saying like, "Hey, we're gonna own bread." <laughs> you know what I mean? And then everyone's saying, whoa, whoa, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know? So it's just, you know, as much as I, I don't really play Call of Duty anymore because of the people that play Call of Duty, just the, the factor of how critical of just how much money it makes, you know, in the industry and uh, just how huge it is. Uh, you know, it's like you, you understand why they unfortunately they have to make one every year just because it makes so much goddamn money you know what i mean because i hear this next call of duty is supposed to be a sequel to modern warfare 2 so it's supposed to continue that particular remake of that series or whatever it is um so yeah but yeah i i, I agree with both of you guys you know i think this is essentially at the end of the day a win for microsoft to me it just if anything it solidifies other companies being more comfortable with the deal going through as long as they get their piece of the pie i.e call of duty 10-year binding agreement um you know and uh at, at the end of the day i mean microsoft is going to have the upper hand you know what i mean just, oh, yeah. just at the end of the day microsoft will eventually have the upper hand and most of most important, uh, Bobby Cocktick will be, uh, you know, not leading Activision, which we don't fucking want. It's like keep your keep your millions, just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, like you're an awful person, get the fuck out of here. So that, you know, so the 
I'm looking forward to all of that. I am rooting for Microsoft around this. Um, I think they have they have good intentions. You know what I mean? Um, and I trust Phil, and Phil we trust. I need to get. I need to make some T-shirts, guys. I need a. I need a. Is it on Game Pass shirt? We get we get yeah. that going. And then I need to <laughs> get on a, Game Pass. And then I need to. Yeah, I need to. In Phil we trust, like a coin or a keychain coin or something. Game of Life podcast and Phil we trust. Uh, yeah, I gotta get some merch going. <laughs> I I was just, I was gonna say we well, you need know, to have that like you know is on Game Pass like a flash card so like, every time I'm I'm watching E3 is on Game Pass and yes it is um, <laughs> one one thing to kind of p- pivot from this yeah. I don't know if anyone else that wants to wants to add to the in my opinion not shocking um, deal with Call of Duty there yeah. is um, Nintendo was in the news for something else. Mainly, mainly in your guys' ballpark of the world. Um, what do you, what do you guys, are you guys excited for Nintendo Land opening, Universal Studios? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, me and uh, the missus, we, we can't wait to go. I'm going to go with my family. Um, I've already gone on the internet, seen the sites, what specialized, specialized food you can get. Uh, I want to do the uh, Mario Kart, you know, racing that they have there as well. I'm, I'm just super excited. And it's, it just looks, it feels like you're in a, you know, 2D version of a Mario game, you know. Like you really immerse into the world, so to speak. So I'm excited, man. I'm, uh, dude, I just hope they expand it more, too. It would be, be amazing. So Yeah, it definitely seems cool. I mean, obviously, I'm not, as we've discussed, Arthur, I'm not a Nintendo baby. I didn't. I didn't own. I owned Game Boy Advance. I owned the SP. I traded it for Halo. Like I just wasn't really connected to Nintendo characters. But fair trade, fair trade. But you know, I got a bunch of nephews. Right, I got three nephews Uh, on my side. I got two nephews on my wife's side. I'm probably going to be taking one of them, if not all of them, to Nintendo Land some sooner or later. Right. So, if anything, it's just a win. You know what I mean? It's just a win and. And obviously, it's something I, I'm I'm forced to respect because it's it's Nintendo. <laughs> You're not even excited for the Mario movie that's coming out in April, are you? It actually looks good. I'm supposed to take one of my nephews to ah. it, actually. So okay. yeah, I told him I will go. I, I would take him, so he's excited. So um, yeah, so I, it looks great too. So I mean, shit, I, I actually kind of want to see what happens. Yeah, because we'll see <laughs> how good it how good it is. So you know, I'll be having a Slurpee and some popcorn or something watch that shit <laughs> not, not only are we all co-hosts of the gamers Five podcast not only do we all work from home we are all in the uncle category but unfortunately mine's definitely not in the age range yet of the amusement parks um the one thing i was the one thing i was curious about with this is because one of our because our mutual friend victor he went to nintendo land in japan years ago um but that was when it was like covid and it was like still not really done so they were in that gray area where they want to show somebody something, but it's COVID. Not everything's done. He was a little disappointed, but he was kind of understood. There are certain things yeah. like certain attractions you just can go to due to like COVID regulations. It's like, I don't know, like let's say they had a high five simulator, uh, COVID, shut it down. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? so um but he you can't had high some... five mario sorry <laughs> like, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> um now church because you i know you, you were looking into him you were looking into it pretty significantly he yeah. was mentioning like a virtual wristband thing yeah. that yeah. like you link to stuff is that is that is that present is that present at the universal the universal hollywood one 
Yeah, it's just a wristband that you can go around and just like collect coins throughout the day by like interacting with the environment. So there could be like a question block that you can go like this Bing. and you can link it up to your group and whoever has the most coins at the end of the day, you know, you win, blah, blah, blah. And I think you may be able to access a few things, you know, it's just something you can buy. Um, but yeah, it, I think everything in Japan is going to be here. I mean, in terms of the section of the park, it's like there's only like two new rides in it, right? It's not like, like oh, there's like four rides you can ride over here. You know, it's going to be amazing. Um, I'm more curious about the partnership that Universal has with Nintendo now and this Mario movie that's going to come out. And the success of that would inevitably lead to a sequel into maybe whatever expanding into other Nintendo IPs or continuing. And what does that do for the park as well? Because um, it's very it's very interesting how Universal is like updating the park. You know, you have Harry Potter, which is a big movie franchise. And then at the same time, incorporating a video game into the park identity. Um, I think it's a big, you know, like a big look for video games and the testament of like the pop culture impact we can have. Uh, on the ward at the same time get a uh one by one ratio of house of the dead <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going in that man i'd be like you uh universal horror nights bro imagine going to like a resident evil like oh, village, bro. oh my god bro i ain't trying to do that <laughs> i would love for that i would love for that 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 horror nights to open up with the actual like voice actor resident <laughs> evil oh my Jesus. Ooh. Um, I have this joke. I don't know if I should say it on here, but by all means. No, there's I'll say it from this notion. Well, I, I remember when um Resident Evil Five was 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 coming out, right? And then I remember a customer came in, you know, and he's watching the trailer for Resident Evil Five and uh customer's like, damn. They got people killing blacks now. Resident Evil Five. I said, "No, there's zombies. There's zombies." You're going. You're. You're first. You're playing with this black. He's like, "Oh, oh, oh. killing blacks." Resident Evil Five. Resident Evil Four. Ain't killing Mexicans. What, the, what is going on? In Resident Evil. What's going to Capcom? Anyway, I guess we'll end the episode here. <laughs> any any lasting any lasting thoughts before I cut the episode? <laughs> no. I'm good. I'm good. I have one prediction. Yes. If I'm... Mario movie does quite well, yeah. Sequel is going to be Mario Galaxy. I can see um, that possibly. Yeah, I think that's a well. Because how else do you expand on the Mario world? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Because like, if you picture like a lot of the Mario games, Mario Galaxy, Mario Galaxy was like the first real big, all new, like all new, yeah. different, all like, all new versus you know, like, I uh, you know, I mean, bro, that's a, it's a good question. Uh, I would, I think, eventually we go to Galaxy, but I feel like this could be an in between though, because like, what are you going to do after Galaxy, right? You know what I'm saying, like. Yeah, well, uh, he's gonna uh, he's gonna be a hat and take over a T Rex. Smash Brothers or uh, yeah. brawl, or, or, uh, brawl. I mean, <laughs> brawl something. I think there's an in between. Maybe a Yoshi's Island or Luigi's Mario Mansion. Sunshine. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Sunshine. I, I I would prefer a uh, um, 
the classic 6401 Peach's Castle with the paintings. I think that's kind of cool, mm. you know. Um, so if it, if they do that, Church, is Mario going to backwards butt jump on some stairs? Naturally. You know? <laughs> it has naturally, to happen. It has to happen. Side note: Happy belated to to Victor. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's had his birthday. But you know what's funny, man? Before we end the episode, and it's very random. Uh, I do want to make. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm gonna pick it too. I have a feeling, 2023, a Mario game is gonna come out, man. I don't really? think a Mario movie without a game in the chamber. Yeah, that's a terrible marketing thing. If you're not gonna combine the. Like that's a missed opportunity. Great point. Mm. I do. I know, and they can't. They're not going to say anything because they're trying to sell Zelda in May. <laughs> but as soon as June comes around, I think we have Nintendo Direct to remind you the success of Mario, followed by this game coming out, bro. That that's my prediction. Damn, we're gonna start bidding heavy. <laughs> oh, Fifty-five dollars, seventy-five. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> Nah, we uh we a burrito bet kind of group here. <laughs> we bet we bet the what real burritos crazy. you got over there. <laughs> Ooh, man, we talking about chicken steak. You got Ooh. no burritos. He's a steak bet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> steak for a burrito. Over <laughs> here at Arthur. I'll bet you. I'll bet you a chalupa. <laughs> oh man, the chalupa. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, we're going to wrap it up here for the Gamers for Life podcast. No, I was going to say really quick, I was going to say shout out to Rayman Origins. That was a really great, that was a great platformer. And it just kind of just, you know, people just forgot about it. But as far as great platformers, Rayman Origins, I was like, this is, this is amazing. You know, but maybe it's just, I wasn't a, I wasn't a Mario guy. So I was like, this is really fucking good. Like, you know, like as far as the attempt to make something great, great platformer. And its successor, Rayman Legends with one of the best demos I've still ever played. Hey, you want to make a hey, how do you make a level better? Make it in sync with Ram Jam Black Betty. That's how you make a boss fight. Nice. But again, wrapping up here for Gamers Life Podcast each and every Friday slash Saturday, discussing all things games. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrell. Of course, I'd like to thank my co-hosts here on the podcast, Church and Arthur. With me. All right. Thank you, guys. We will see you next week.